Hey everybody, welcome to the Fox 12 Weather Podcast. This is episode 31. I'm meteorologist Jeff Forgeron. I'm joined by Chief Meteorologist Mark Nelson. Hey Mark. Hey, good afternoon, Jeff. You know, Mark, it's, uh, it's been a little while since we've uh, been on the podcast. Uh, we've had some changes to our weather team. I think the last time we were on was with Brian, Brian McMillan, and that was in October. We were kind of talking about the outlook for winter. Um, and, you know, might as well address the elephant in the room, Mark. And, uh, we've had some <laughs> weather changes uh, to our team, yeah. our t- 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 some team changes. Uh, Anne Campolongo moved on to uh, Des Moines, Iowa, and Brian McMillan is up in Seattle, uh, we miss them dearly, but um, we also have two great new additions to our weather team. Uh, we have Camilla Ortiz and Drew Reeves. Uh, both of them have basically joined the evenings with you, but also uh, Drew has joined uh, Good Day Oregon on the weekends, and I've shifted over to the weekdays. So we've had some changes here and there, but um, but we love our weather team, and of course we, we miss our old team members as well. Yeah, you know, it's just TV. People move on and uh, get jobs elsewhere. We know Anne is freezing in Des Moines, I'm sure, because we've had many texts with her and Brian mm-hmm. as well. And Brian, man, he had a crazy first half of winter up there in Seattle far more than uh, down here, huh? Yeah, between, you know, some some snow events, he also had – they had the atmospheric rivers that were pretty relentless up there. That's right. Um, in the flooding. Uh, and we found ourselves quite often on the warm side of those atmospheric rivers and the drier side. So um, it was kind of like watch and see how Brian does up there. But uh, yeah, he had a pretty active start to winter. And um, Yeah, he was a busy boy. You know, one other thing, the, 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 the other elephant in the room, I guess, would be that we no longer work for the same company. You may see us right. on TV, folks. The same television station, maybe on your app, maybe on kptv.com slash live. That's where you can get us live all the time on our newscast. But um, we used to be owned by Meredith Corporation for over 20 years. And uh, Meredith sold all their TV stations to the Gray Corporation. And I think Gray is the second largest owner of local TV stations. Jeff, isn't it like 120 stations? I don't know if something like that, yeah. And so not, I mean, we still come to work each day. We still park in the same spot. We still are in the same building. Um, it's not like, you know, they came in and changed the carpet. They, they didn't change all the forks and the knives really in the break room. You know, none, none of that weird stuff. So we still have the same bosses. Nothing has really changed. And it's just little minor changes like moving your 401k and that sort of stuff. But we're actually pretty excited. I mean, I, if I didn't like it, I probably just wouldn't say anything right now. <laughs> but they seem to be a company that's got their act together. They seem to know how to do local TV news. You know what I mean? It just seems like uh, they'll send us an email and they'll say, oh, why didn't the other company do it that way? That, this makes more sense. So that's kind of nice. And, in fact, um, we're going to have a brand-new web page. You'll notice everything changes in about a week. And I think it's Thursday the 3rd. Suddenly it'll look different because we'll, we'll now be using their platform for making our forecasts and putting this podcast on and, and the weather blog. Yeah, and it's been nice, Mark, to connect with some of the meteorologists in the um, in the mm-hmm. gray the gray company. There's like a Facebook group that goes on, and it's fun been fun networking with them and kind of get an idea of what they do on air and whatnot and what kind of graphics they produce. So, um, yeah, it's been cool networking with them. But yeah, some minor changes behind the scenes here, and of course, uh, we can't wait to get Camilla and Drew on the podcast and uh, introduce them a little bit more. I, Drew did make an appearance once or twice. Um, of course, virtually on the, yeah, uh, the podcast. Yeah. Um, so that, that'll that come in time. Uh, first first of all, let's talk about what's been going on, Mark, uh, this month, this past week. Uh, you know, winter kind of ramped up quickly in December, uh, but then it 
calmed down in January and for most of February. We had some ups and downs in February. We It was a really dry first half of the month. We underwent a pretty big warm-up between the 11th and the 13th, uh, where we went 67, 63, and 63 at PDX. Um, some tied and uh, broken records for those th- those days. And then, uh, you know, we've had some, some changes as of lately over the past week. We had that uh, Arctic air move in. We had a brush of wintry weather uh, early in the week and also uh, this morning. We're recording this on Thursday, the 24th. And uh, Mark, you you went to bed last night with the system kind of moving in from the north. And then I you know watched it play out this morning. Um, but let's kind of go into the details regarding how uh, this past week has been playing out. Yeah, so we had the chilly air come in uh, early in the week. And for the hardcore geeks out there, we know you're out there, folks, because you're listening. Um, the 850 millibar temperature, the temperature at 5,004, about four to 5,000 feet in Celsius. We, we use that a lot to gauge how cold it might get down here at the surface. And uh, it bottomed out at 10.1, I think, Jeff, yesterday morning. And we had had a minus, uh, I'm sorry, did I say 10.1? Minus, yeah. Minus 10.1. Minus, minus 10.1. Yeah. 10.1 would have been very warm. No, uh, minus 10.1. So basically it was about 18 degrees at about 4,000 feet at past elevation. Um, that was on Wednesday morning. We were minus 9.9 back in late December during that cold spell. So this was pretty comparable to what we had in December. Not quite as cold maybe down at the lowest elevations, but, man, it was dry. You know, uh, Jeff, did you notice yesterday the mm. dew point? I think it was zero or one. Yes, yes. Really oh, dry. man, it felt like felt like I was back in the desert, Mark. Yeah, I bet. Um, you know, that temp, minus 10.1 that we had yesterday morning, that was the coldest 850 millibar temp we've seen. This is from the Salem sounding. They, they send up a balloon twice a day. That was the coldest since December of 2013. There was a 14, minus 14.1 at that point. Ignore the person calling me. There is not a duck flying behind me. <laughs> you know, you're supposed to silence your phones when you're doing a podcast, Jeff. Okay, now it is. Oh, doing that. Um, yeah, it happens. So, yeah, so we got the cold air in, and then um, – Pretty much just dry, of course, you know, dry and cold and sunny. And then it was obvious for a few days we were going to have this little wiggle in the jet come down. Right, We sometimes call it like a BC slider or maybe an inside slider, a little mm-hmm. area of uh, moisture coming down. And that was going to arrive at perfect time for snow to stick, right? Yeah, this morning, right around daybreak. And then yesterday when I looked at the models, I'm thinking we'd been seeing flurries for a couple of days. And I, I saw a few that had like a quarter to half an inch of, of um, snow, which would be, you know, like a few hundredths of an inch. And so I was thinking, um, so I kind of started hitting that a little bit harder during the evening shows yesterday. And I said, hey, there could be a dusting anywhere. It was kind of clear it might be, uh, you know, a half inch maybe from Clark County northward. And that's exactly what happened. And by the time the evening models came out, they all showed pretty much the same thing. There was going to be some sort of dusting a half an inch. And uh, the big total, 0.5 inches out of the Portland forecast office. So we did officially get snow in February this year. And half an inch. There you go. You know, Mark, uh, as meteorologists, as communicators, you always try to figure out what we could have done better when, you know, the weather system moves on. And, um, sure. you know, for for me as a, the, a morning meteorologist, uh, when these systems come in during the overnight, overnight hours, I feel like um, we can give all the warning possible, but it can still catch people off guard because as those temperatures fall in the early morning, precip arrives, uh, it's a lot different than if a system arrives in the afternoon after you know temperatures yeah. warm above freezing. Uh, so when this started, it was it was amazing to see the snow kind of just blowing around the the, the highways, uh, the interse- uh, interstates and whatnot up in Washington. We were watching some of those uh, cameras uh, into into Northern Oregon as well. Um, 
you know, oftentimes we'll get these quick little systems and, you know, the surfaces are maybe 33, 34, but they were nicely, they were, they were frozen at that point. So, um, you know, there were a lot of people that were caught off guard. And I think with those overnight systems, maybe uh, for me, I might want to put a bit more emphasis uh, that, you know, this could definitely impact the morning commute. It sure did. There were a lot of slowdowns, accidents. Um, but if this had happened during the afternoon, what was amazing was we were still below freezing in the mid-morning mark after the snow fell. And sure. it was still cloudy, but there was enough solar radiation coming through those clouds, even with surfaces, uh, surface temperatures uh, below freezing. It started melting away. I mean, that, that tells you late February, early March, that sun angle plays a huge difference. Yeah, big time. Um, it is amazing half inch of snow, what that can do. I think if I recall correctly, most school districts either, either were delayed or closed up in Clark County. So, folks, that was one half inch of snow for you. It's it's just like it's amazing what that can do to the metro area. So um, yeah, we know that a couple inches or more can shut it down, but half inch that can that can cause some some issues on the road. So that's that's kind of how that played out. But you know, besides a couple more cold nights, Mark, it does look like things are going to be you know warming up a little bit. Uh, before we get into the the forecast, I wanted to kind of go over some other things that happened this past week. There was that big uh, interstate pileup. Um, uh, oh, all the right. semis and whatnot. Interstate 84, uh, the stretch that goes from Pendleton through the Blue Mountains out to LeGrand. I believe this was roughly 10 miles west of Meacham. And, you know, initially, uh, we I think this was, remind me if I'm wrong, this was Tuesday night um, into Wednesday morning. And uh, initially we heard about, you know, 98 vehicles being involved in this uh, pileup. But it turns out that there were 170 vehicles involved. And Mark, have you wow. ever seen anything like that? No, I've never seen anything like that. I, I think I tweeted that. I, I've never seen that. I've seen, you know, maybe 10 cars. But to have that many, and I remember the report from the Oregon State uh, Police said as they showed up for the, the initial, you know, dealing with the initial accident, out in the snow in the distance behind them, they could hear continuous, you know, crashes still occurring farther and farther back. So that is pretty amazing. I, I'm kind of surprised that we haven't had more of that in the past, but something must have been going on just right there where people were just flying and then all of a sudden came around a corner. And I, I don't know. I just don't know how that happens. You know, there was one other similar thing. It wasn't so weather related, but in the late 80s down in Albany, um, there used to be a lot more field burning back in the 70s, 80s. Before the 1980s, there was a ton of field burning in the valley, more so than you see now, the grass seed, uh, grass seed growers. Mm. And I remember somehow the, the, they lit a field on fire and the smoke drifted directly across I-5 around Albany. And people drove into that thing, you know, at 60 miles per hour, and it was a chain, uh, chain reaction. And oh, I no. thought quite a few people died in that, but that was the last time I can remember a pileup. So that's, you know, 30-something years. Yeah, I mean, this made national news, the one that occurred in the Blue Mountains, and for good reason. Um, and, and, you know, right before that actually happened, Mark, uh, and I think leading into it, there was blowing snow. There was a winter storm warning up in the Blue Mountains, so that made lower visibility blowing snow certainly probably contributed to the issues. Sure. Um, but between Saturday night and Tuesday, uh, our ski resorts up around Mount Hood picked up about 20 inches of snow. So we did... You know, after a dry uh, start and stretch during uh, February, we did catch up a little bit. Uh, that helped a little bit in the, you know, the snowpack category. Um, but, you know, besides that, uh, it does seem like we're kind of heading out of this winter weather. Uh, let's talk about kind of what we're seeing ahead. Uh, it's, yeah. 
it looks like we're going to become a bit more mild. We're going to get more of that southwest flow once this this ridge kind of works its way off to the east. And boy, it really looks like this is going to open the door to much more rain and mountain snow that's coming in uh, starting late Saturday. Yeah, I just finished that seven-day forecast, and um, so, uh, Monday looks especially wet. It looks like we'll have a little bit of an atmospheric river, I think, from Sunday night through maybe early Tuesday. You know, you know, each model's different with the location, but we uh, if you add in all the rain from Saturday night, Sunday doesn't look that wet, I suppose, but um, Saturday night through, like, the next week, yeah, we could get two inches or more of rain. Um, and you know what? That's hard to believe, Jeff. I don't think we've seen that since that first week of January when we had an atmospheric river and the flooding up in southwest Washington. So that means we will have gone, do I have that right, about seven or eight weeks without any significant rain. I think we only had an inch and a half to two inches of rain during those seven to eight weeks. So talk about a midwinter slowdown. Yeah, and we're going to definitely touch on the drought monitor and uh, what the current snowpack is looking sure. like. But this is going to be much needed. Uh, we'll say, though, it's going to be a little bit different, especially like you know, Saturday night through Wednesday or through at least Wednesday morning. Our snow levels will probably be near or above the passes. So this is not going to be one of those you know, low elevation foothill snow events. This is going to be more of like yeah. building snowpack up in the Cascade. You know, the, the higher elevations, our ski resorts, things like that. Yeah, it looks like pretty typical March. You know, March begins on Tuesday. The, that would be, well, obviously, since I just said March begins, that would be the first. Um, but um, it, it really looks like mild early March type weather. Lot, lots of highs in the 50s. It's not warm, but it's maybe a notch or two above average. And then I did look just for fun. You know how we get the... Um, we get the long range stuff that goes out two weeks and yeah. it looks like some more kind of coolish troughing after this atmospheric river, the second part of next week, that would lead us into about the, let's see, I wrote a note here. Yeah. The fourth, fifth. Um, so then maybe at that point we might start seeing more cool troughing over us, not snowy, but just, you know, like two to 4,000 foot snow levels. Right. And maybe that upper, uh, some models trying to pop that upper level ridge back offshore, like where it has been mo most of the last uh, two months. So we'll see if that happens again. Um, I don't know what Noah's forecast, what they're thinking for March, but I, are they staying with cool and dry? Or was it cool and wet? I, I did glance at it uh, while you're kind of talking about uh, that outlook. I'm just going to pull up. Yeah, they, sure. they're expecting below normal temps across uh, much of the Northwest and above normal precipitation. That's the outlook. It doesn't always hold true, but yeah. it's it's a good outlook to have, you know. By the um, way, I should point out for the winter uh, uh, for the winter snow, since we had that half inch today, yes, right. that brought us up to the grand total, folks. Grand total, 4.4 <laughs> inches in Portland. And, of course, um, yeah, half an inch was this morning, this Thursday morning, the 24th. And then we had... Uh, oh, I've got it right here. You know, why don't I? Well, you're busy pulling up images. I got one here. Yeah, it was that December 19th. That was a, that first December um, event. It was on a Saturday night, I remember, where we had a, where we had the really steady, heavy precip behind a cold front, and um, it turned from heavy rain to heavy snow, and then it went back to heavy rain again. Mm -hmm. And then we ha had, of course, Christmas Day and the day after, not really Christmas Day, the day after Christmas, uh, where the cold air came in, had a 0.7 inches then. And the biggest was that night, I think it was, yeah, Christmas was a Sunday, if I recall correct. No, I'm sorry. Christmas was a Saturday. We had the 26th, where there was quite a bit of snow down in the valley, like places like Newburgh and Albany had four, five, six inches. We didn't get much here. And then two days after that, when we had more cold air come in, we most of us in the metro had one to three inches. It was December uh, late on the 27th into the morning of the 28th. So we had two and a half inches, and then we had a little bit more, a third of an inch on the 30th. So I guess technically it snowed one, two three, four, five times, technically, it snowed here in Portland. Just Doesn't like little, like it, 
Yeah, little amounts. It wasn't like we had a big whopping event like in um, February 2020 or 2021, excuse me. Um, but also worth noting, Mark, that mm-hmm. January 1st was officially our coldest morning. Um, that was – we recorded an overnight low of 25 at PDX. That's if right. that wind had gone light though mm. during this cold weather outbreak that we just had this past week, I think we could have easily broken that temperature. Uh, that, oh, yeah. That, you know – that uh, overnight low January 1st. Um, but, you know, that wind plays a huge fa- a factor in, you know, where our temperatures will be in the morning uh, from the, the gorge all the way to the metro, like the central metro area. Yeah, you see um, northern Clark County, and maybe even central Clark County, Hazeldell, Battleground, both were 17. I saw some 16s in there as well. So if it would have gone calm, we would have had a lot of teams in the metro area. So Everything, you know, unlike a heat wave where it's like everything's well mixed in the atmosphere, we know it's going to be hot. Uh, everybody kind of has the same temp in the metro area within a few degrees. With cold spells, it's all about is there snow cover on the ground? And you, when you want extreme cold, let's say if you do, it's all about is there snow cover on the ground, yes or no? If you have snow cover, it's going to be significantly colder. Is there wind that keeps going all night, yes or no? If it does keep going, eh, it's not going to get crazy cold, just chilly. And then how dry is the air? We had the perfect setup. We could have gone calm with mm-hmm. uh, extremely low dew points, the lowest we've seen in several years. So if it would have gone calm, yeah, we, I think we would have had widespread teams. You, you think that's a fair assessment? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, yeah. I was, you know, part of me was hoping, you know, we would see some outlying spots, more outlying spots drop, just so we could kind of show why. But, um, you know, when I was showing the temperatures that morning, a lot of us were in the 20s. That wind keeps those temperatures elevated. So, uh, but just it, cheated cheated we were cheated out of that record cold absolutely uh from a weather nerd's perspective of course Um, that's what we are and that's what we're doing yeah (laughs) so uh you know we we talk about this upcoming wet weather pattern uh and i think the timing is pretty good mark Uh, i just uh, checked out our latest drought monitor that was issued uh by the usda um this is issued every thursday by the way but the data comes out or is basically taken from the previous tuesday so it takes a couple of days to, for them to create the graphics. But um, there haven't been many changes in the state of Oregon's drought monitor uh, over the past week. I will say that about 90% of the state is experiencing some level of drought from D1 to D4. That's from moderate drought to exceptional drought. Mm-hmm. Um, about 16% of the state, this is basically covering most of central Oregon, is experiencing exceptional drought. Um, if I were to look back a year ago, Mark, uh, this day a year ago, um, about 20% less of the state was experiencing some level of drought and none of the state at that point was experiencing that D4 exceptional drought. So uh, we definitely need to see the, you know, the rainfall uh, experience an uptick as well as the mountain snow, a quick look at the mountain snow. And I'm just kind of verbalizing this. I know all of you listening cannot see uh, the mountain snowpack uh, graphic that I'm, I'm looking at, but Imagine, the vast, folks, lots of colors. Yeah, yeah. Lots imagine, of imagine most of the state. About, uh, if I were to estimate, like maybe sixty to seventy percent of the state. Um, the higher elevations are experiencing uh, below normal snowpack. The only areas that are really seeing above normal snowpack at the moment are uh, the central and northern Oregon Cascades and parts of northeast Oregon as well. The Umatilla, Walla Walla, Willow uh, area. So, um, and specifically for Mount Hood, Mark. Mm-hmm. And I think this is kind of interesting. Um, we're roughly, if I were to look at Mount Hood specifically, I think we're at like 90, give me, I'll give you the exact number in a second here. You know, the, the Mount Hood area, including the, the Hood and Sandy Lower Deschutes area, is at about 130% of the normal snowpack for this time of year. 
Um, trying to pull up the exact numbers for Mount Hood area. Yeah, um, because you know, I think part of that is d the December we had a lot of low elevation snow. I mean, like two thousand to four thousand feet, and they average all those stations. So I think if you go to the Mount Hood test site, which is the the one that's right at the bottom of the Poochie Lift, we use that a lot. That's at five thousand four hundred, I think. That one, if I recall, is now slightly below normal, but that Mount Hood is above average because they've taken all, this is what they always do, uh, you've got all those lower elevation sites. So we got a bunch of lower elevation snow, and I think that's what's helping to keep the Mount Hood total, the average, uh, well, uh, keep the Mount Hood number well above average. So, I mean, that's good. I think we're fine with water on Mount Hood, but boy, the rest of the state, it's terrible. Yeah, so the Mount Hood test site that you mentioned is at 89% yeah. of normal. Everyone else is like at 110 to 130%. So yeah. uh, we're doing okay in the Mount Hood area. And, you know, I'm looking at what the snowpack was at this time last year, and it was literally like at the exact same spot. Uh, and Hopefully, given the forecast, we'll see an uptick uh, in mountain snowpack in the coming weeks. That would certainly put us in good position as we head into the spring. Um, but, you know, the, the drought monitor mark is mm -hmm. based off of not just snowpack, not just rainfall. It's, you know, based off of uh, stream flow, reservoir levels. It's based off of soil moisture, uh, shallow uh, water content in the, in the, in the lower, you know, the, the upper part of the soils, rather. Um, and so all those factors combined shows that, you know, the state is still in a, a pretty poor position as we head into the spring. So hopefully, you know, things change in the coming weeks and we start to chip away at this drought because we know that we're going to dry out come summertime. Yeah. You know, uh, it is interesting here. We have two La Nina winters. And in both of those, we had great snowpack around January 1st. And then things just really trailed off in January and February which is somewhat unusual. I mean, I guess you could argue some people would say, well, sometimes in La Nina winters, it's drier than average in the latter part of the winter. That's true. Uh, and of course, like you said, the big test is going to be in March because last year things just kept getting far worse in March because we didn't have the precipitation. This year, if we recover and we get, you know, average or above average precip for March and it stays cooler than average or average, and then we'll say it probably in the end, like, well, okay, as a La Nina winter, it wasn't that exciting, but we at least we got decent snowpack. But um yeah, if we were to have a dry and warmish March, that would really blow the La Nina idea out of the water for this winter, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. And, you know, late February, early March, it does not look that way from what we're seeing. So that's good news. And last, yeah, Mark, last March, basically from February 28th all the way to March 21st, we hardly added anything to our snowpack. So that really uh, put us in a bad spot. But um, on a positive note, uh, our snowpack is faring better than it was in 2020. 2019 and 2018 at this time. So uh, got to look at it on a positive note in some cases. Very positive. Yep. Good, Jeff. Uh, Good man. All right. <laughs> so what do you think it's uh, getting close to time to put a, putting a fork in winter? What are your thoughts? Well, that's funny because <laughs> if you read my blog posts, I was this close. I got like two fingers right beside each other. I was this close to putting a fork in winter. It would have been, let's see, Valentine's Day. Oh, I was going to do it the day after Valentine's Day, the 15th. Because no, I have this big wooden fork that John Rainier, an <laughs> old weather watcher from way back in the past, it's in the weather center. It's this finely varnished thing. And uh, I pull it out, and I'm like, okay, when, when it's pretty obvious on our maps that, you know, winter is done, by that I mean we're not going to get another uh, blast of cold air. We're done with the flooding and, and you know, the big you – know, the, the, the days in the metro area that could be, like, all snowy the whole day. When I say – when I see that, like, we're done with that, then I usually pull out the fork and I put on a blog post about that saying, okay, winter's pretty much done. You can take off your snow tires, you know, this and that. Jeff, I almost did – you know this, but I almost I know. did it on the 15th. 
I was I was kind of walking around with that fork like Mark's gonna do it in the weather's like in between yeah. like in commercial breaks and it and I saw the same thing. I was like, there's you know, we're done. There's not gonna be anything left coming in. And then boom, that that ridge just barely moved west. That opened the door to some cold air. And I'm I'm so glad that you held off for about a day. Oh my gosh, so am I. I mean, really this was Today, this Thursday, the 24th, was the only snow day we've had in the metro area, if I recall correctly, because all the other snow we had was during Christmas break. So uh, I would have looked, well, kind of foolish. And that day I did hold back on that Tuesday because the European suddenly was looking much colder for this week. It was the only one. And then the next day, I think I said, okay, I'll do it tomorrow. I'm assuming the Euro is going to be an outlier. It's not going to happen tomorrow. The next day, the Euro is even colder. And I remember that the Canadian model had no hint of cold this week. The GFS was like, well, I don't know, maybe something. So when I saw two days of that Euro, I'm like, okay, let's put away the fork. And then over the next (laughs) three days, it became obvious we were going to have a cold spell. So actually, that was one big triumph for for the geeks out there to have that (laughs) one model um, say, we are going to get cold next week. And it turned out the timing was perfect and the the, the intensity of the cold air, the minus 10 at 850 was perfect. That that was pretty good, actually, a week ahead of time. But yeah, so I haven't put the fork in yet. I'm probably going to do tomorrow because... um, well, because I'm going to be gone for a week, for one. But also, it's pretty obvious we don't have any um, anything else coming. Now, let me point out, mm-hmm. people always say, well, we can get snow in March. And that's true. Yep. But we would get what, like what we had today at worst, you know, where there's a brief snowfall in the morning. That's it. We're not going to get an all-day crippling snow or ice event from this point forward. And we almost never do after mid-February. Uh, but, um, yeah, we could still have a wet morning snowfall, for sure, if you live in the hills. But um, you can, um, after tonight... You can uh, turn back on the outdoor water pipes. Like I've got a little chicken coop uh, water line that's exposed. That's I had to drain that again the other day. But, you know, when I say winter is over, that means, okay, you can take off your snow tires and you can turn on your outdoor water. And um, the, the threat of an all-day snow event is over. And I think yeah. You know, <laughs> if you're new to the podcast and you're new to the, to the area, to the weather community of uh, Oregon and southwest Washington – uh, let me tell you, uh, there there is a big weather community out here, a group of weather nerds, if you will, on various Facebook pages and whatnot. And uh, when Mark puts the fork in winter, I know a lot of people roll their eyes. They they can't. They people love snow out here, Mark. The weather nerds especially. And um, and so when you put the fork in it, it's like immediately the focus shifts to summertime. Uh, obviously, we have spring in between, but uh, but yeah. It, if you're if you're new to the the podcast and whatnot, you just got a quick glimpse ahead. Mark doesn't usually give us the exact day and time when he's gonna put a fork in it, but he just did. <laughs> so dramatic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just to get for me. It's really just for the general public and for me to say, okay, I think we're pretty much done. If I, we were sitting in a room having a drink talking about, it, I'd say, yeah, because people do ask me, even like Wayne Garcia, uh, you think it's over? And I'm like, yeah, I think it's over. Um, and so that's really what it's about. Um, so yeah, I think yeah. it's over. Yeah, it, it just seems to be going in that direction. So, um, well, I'm glad that we were able to get back on here, Mark. It's been a little while. Uh, we're of course going. You're you're taking a vacation. You're going to a warmer spot, and I'm about to take a vacation as well. So we're going to take another week or so off. But uh, once we get back, we're going to be shifting focus to this wet weather pattern, uh, building snowpack in the Cascades. Uh, hopefully, we'll start chipping away at this drought, and uh, we'll bring you the latest when. We return. Um, anything else you want to add, Mark, before we go? 
No, I just want to say, um, you know, we just had some technical things to overcome as well during this time. First, you know, we were kind of short of weather people briefly. And then um, now that we're fully staffed, we can start doing these again. And in fact, I'm in a different location here in a different place in the building trying to get, you know, little things like you all do in your professional lives. Like the headphones don't work. How come the speaker does this? How come this, that? So we think we got a podcast here. And if you're listening, that means success. So, yeah, we'll get and it together and we hope to do more of these. And we'll be back into a regular schedule in the future. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, I think we're going to probably feature it on SoundCloud as well, amongst other places, yeah. maybe, maybe our website too. But we'll, we'll bring you those details online and uh, wherever you uh, find us here. So uh, thanks for joining us on the 31st episode of the Fox 12 Weather Podcast. Uh, enjoy the last gasp of winter, and we will talk to you soon. Close up, you're waiting and hesitating and tell us.